passage of scripture there. But I noticed this week um, on my favorite. Use this now, sorry. On my favorite pastime, Facebook, that uh, Gerard Kean has uh, celebrated 30 years of ministry, and I think that's a, a, an incredible milestone to achieve. Uh, but in that um, celebration. It reminded me of what I'd spoken to our leaders on Sunday about keeping your tank full. So I want to go through some things, hopefully, just really quickly, because I want us to enjoy a really good time of worship with uh, Josh and Kelly leading us in a, in a moment when I'm finished. We're doing it back to front. Usually you do worship first in the preach, but we'll do it upside down. So ministry is, is a thing that um, can deplete our emotional stores. It's something that we can... Uh, find ourselves being depleted emotionally by the ministry. Now, I don't want to keep, make this all sad and gloomy, but it, it can. And I've heard of many preachers who, after preaching, find themselves very drained, very wasted, very spent. And uh, um, traditionally, um, pastors used to, I mean, they still do in some places, used to always have, as a general rule, Mondays as a day off. Because they're actually so wasted, and they don't do the gardening, they don't, they don't play golf, they don't do much except you know just do nothing, because they've they've given so much in the, in that presentation of the of the the ministry on Sundays, and it's not because of the energy expended. It's not like hey you know preaching's taking it out of you, like doing a heavy workout. It's not like that at all. Um, it's because of the spiritual and emotional load that it has on us. And I think the more passionate you are, the more that you believe in the cause of what you're doing, then there, there is an emotional thing that, or a spiritual thing, really, that comes out of us that can leave us drained and depleted. And so we need to realize that when we're giving out, and if that's going to happen, then we need to be aware of ways that fill ourselves back up and do that quickly. So you don't say, well, I, I preach, I really feel um, uh, drained of this or your, your song lead, or whatever it is your, your ministry area is. So you think, well, I get, I get depleted, so I spend the rest of the week like just dragging my feet around, and then I know in two weeks I've got to do it again, so then I'm going to try and find a way to fill myself up. The whole thing is we need to be, as, as we're uh, giving out, we need to be filling up so that we don't get to the place where we're empty before we start thinking about what we're going to do next. So ministry in the Spirit requires we maintain and protect spiritual ways to fill up. We don't want to be ministering on empty. So turn to the person next to you and poke them and say, don't minister on empty. Because a few things that I've noticed, because I've, I've done this before, you can minister on empty, but you find small things will tip you over the edge. So when you're ministering on empty, someone says, hey, did you realize that, that no one put a bin liner in the bin? And you're like, I'm sick of this. Why can't they people just put the bin liners in? What are they thinking? So, so small things will tip you over the edge. And, and you start to do things that seem uh, um, irrational. Some other things that, 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 that that's, that's probably my go-to when I'm leading on empty but em empty ministry reverts to looking for easy ways. Like you, you try and find a prepackaged ministry somehow. There's got to be a program. There's got to be a message. I'll look up uh, sermon.com. I don't even know if there is one. But, but you, you go looking for easy ways. 
So that, that's what you'll revert to when you're running on empty. You'll look for pre-packaged things. You'll look for something you can reheat. There's nothing wrong with, with preaching a message more than once. But if you're doing that because you've been depleted and you think, well, I, I, I just don't know how to hear from God right now. I'll just you know, look back over the files. There's got to be something from a few years ago that people have forgotten. The other thing we do, we can imitate others. We, we find imitation and source things from others, but not from the Holy Spirit. So we think, well, I just read that thing, that book, that was really good. I think I'll just preach that message. Or I just heard someone else preach a, a really good message. So we, so we, instead of having inspiration of the Holy Spirit, we do imitation of others. And that's not a good way to lead. But that, that's what happens when you're ministering on empty and you start looking, well, I, I've got a responsibility. I'm going to have to do something. And so we look for easy alternatives. When we are full of the Spirit, then things should be coming up out of us that God has put there that are going to be uh, life-giving to others. So ministry to, to people does deplete our emotional stores. And God puts people in your world that are there to build you, to help support you. And in some cases, you know, most of you here are leaders, or you would be a leader of something. Um, you'll be leading others and you'll also be learning from others. So we need to develop as a leader, no matter where you are or what level, that's a bad terminology, but whatever um, role that you play, you've got to realize that you need, you, you'll never promote, be promoted to the place, not in this life anyway, where you don't have someone who you need to learn from and others that will learn from you. So you need to have that, that realization that you'd never get to this pinnacle where you say, well, I've, I've learnt it all now and I don't have anyone who needs to speak and help me in my area of, of growth. So God puts people in your world and they're there to help build you. See, the key, I think, is we, we've got to actively find ways to not isolate ourselves because it's easy to find ourselves where you go, well, who are my friends? Who are my friends in ministry? Who's around me? And and even though we could have people who are so close to us, geographically, we can find ourselves distanced spiritually. And so we need to, we need to be um, actively engaging our, our uh, person, our personality with others who help to grow us into who God wants us to be at every stage of our journey. So... Uh, we do have to be aware that some people can drain us of our stability. It's, you know, the type of person where you think, hey, I was feeling really good when I came to church, but now my eye's starting to twitch um, because of all various reasons. But we've got to realize that those people are always going to be there. You know, we can't, we can't bump them off. We can't tell them, go to, go to the church around the corner because sometimes God's building us through the irritation. I'll tell you what, most of, my, most of my inspiration comes from irritation. But those, though, we have to be aware that while there's people who will, will uh, deplete us and irritate us, we do have to find and, and do whatever we can to find those who inspire us, motivate us, and give us a sense of, I can do this. Or I'm, I, I'm feeling like I've got people who are pulling the, the same cart with me, doing something significant in that. So you can learn um, 
or you can go from calm to stressed in a very short time if we allow the wrong people in unguarded moments in our life. But being filled and filling ourselves spiritually, I think we're more prepared for those confrontations sometimes with people. And they shouldn't tip us over the edge. Um, I think when, when I'm depleted, I find I'm doing a lot of apologizing. Because, you know, that's when you snap. That's when you say things that you, you shouldn't have said. When you, you, you do things out of reaction. You find yourself apologizing a lot. So you've got to source your spiritual filling where, where you've, you've got to source that. You've got to find that. You've got to know where you get filled from. So when you know what that is, then you need to maintain that. So if it's worship, then you need to say, I need to find myself ways to worship God in that sense of singing together with other people or, or letting uh, worship music minister to you. Uh, the, the best and most reliable source that you can is spending time with the Lord. Have your Bible open, have a notepad ready to, to write down what the Lord speaks to you about. Um, uh, pray about things. Maybe it's solitude where you think sometimes I just need to, to for my own for my own infilling, I, I need not to be around people all the time. Uh, some people, that's what others, it might be, that's the very thing they need. They get energized and filled by just being with anybody. Just they need people. But you need to know what it is for you and not feel shamed or guilt if you say, you know, I just need some space for an afternoon or a morning or a day to replenish yourself. See, these days most... Um, people who work in counselling or people-focused people occupations uh, know the benefit of debriefs. They know the benefit, hey, I've been listening to people all day long, maybe listening to, to um, hard stories and uh, people's brokenness, listening to that all the time depletes you. And in, in a secular sense, People who are in that world or in that environment know that for the counsellor, they need somewhere that they can go to debrief and unload some of the stuff that, that they would carry. And debriefs are important for emotional health, which is important because we are emotional, and it's also important for spiritual health. So we, we don't want to sort of separate the two too far, and I think there is a difference between the two, but if we're just kind of carrying everything ourselves, thinking, hey, I can do this, I don't ask for advice, I don't, I don't unload anything, um, then you actually carry a burden that God wants you to share. And that's why it's really, really important as a region that we, we trust other pastors, we trust other people. Now, geographically, we may be hours apart. Some of us might not be that far apart, but we need to know who and how and when we need to talk. Because sometimes when you start to think, well, I'm feeling depleted, I'm feeling empty, but I need to reach out and I need to talk to someone uh, and, and debrief and, and, and see if I'm the only person who has ever felt like this and, and get it shared. So in a church leadership role, maintaining spiritual health requires taking time with spiritual oversight. Now that can be misinterpreted. It isn't control. It's not a control mechanism taking time with spiritual leadership. Within my own journey, when I started, the church, started pastoring the church here, um, I made it 
a decision that I would have people on the state executive that I related to. And at the time, uh, there was various people on the state executive. I would call, talk to them. I'd say, this is happening, that's happening. Um, sometimes it's financial stuff. Sometimes it's, it's church stuff. Sometimes it's people stuff. And I'd just be saying, well, what do I do? You know, what, what do you think? Now, some of the things I would, I would say, yeah, I'm going to take on board exactly what you said. Some of the stuff I would, I would do part of. And sometimes you think, well, I don't feel comfortable. That's not me. And then I'd have to really say, well, God, you've got to show me what to do right now. But I didn't want to leave myself depleted all by myself trying to minister without advice and help from someone else. So don't look at the state executive as a, as a, a, um, a group of, of un, you know, distant people, un, unnamed people. But go out of your way to say, I need to foster relationships with others in a context like that. Um, trust that God has put those people there in their, in their positions to help our movement to become stronger and to help your church become stronger. Don't look at it as a control me mechanism. It's a health strategy for longevity in ministry. And the people who usually you find make it, you know, anyone can survive for 30 years, but you want to find people who have not just survived, but they've built ministry. They've built churches. They've built other people up. You see a, a trail of, of people behind them who have done something with their life. Um, so let me just look at some examples from the Bible, and I'm nearly done. Moses advised the leaders, the leaders of Israel, and we all know the story. Um, he, he chose 70 other leaders, and he gets them there, and he said, well, you deal with issues of the people every day, and any of the big issues, the hard issues, bring them to me. Um, find that that same story is mentioned a couple of times in Numbers and Exodus, but we need a combination of spiritual leadership in our life that inspires us, motivates us, corrects us, and challenges us. One of the things that, that um, I think we ought to do is be uh, open with what's really happening in our church. Because if you're struggling, but when you come, to th when you come and talk to another pastor or leader and you say, oh, everything's really good because you're telling me about everything great that's happening in your church, and I feel like you know, we're just ordinary, we're just average, and I feel the burden because I don't know why it, it, it's not happening for me. You know, progress happens when we're honest. And it doesn't mean that we always talk to everybody about everything that doesn't work, but you need to say, hey, you know what, I'm really struggling, and sometimes one word from, uh, uh, from another perspective can change everything, can change the whole outcome. So equally, we need, we need peers around us that inspire, encourage, and work alongside us in what we do. So we've always got to realize we're, we're leaders and we also have to be learners. Just some other examples, Joshua and Moses. Um, the thing that I, I want to bring out to you is they talk. They talk together a lot. And as what Josh was saying, we need to be accessible. We need to talk to, to those that we minister to and we need to talk to those who can minister to us. So um, Deuteronomy 34 verse 9, there's a, there's, there's a you know, dialogue between Joshua and Moses. You think of Elisha and Elijah, and they talked. They talked right up until Elijah was taken into heaven. They, they, they talked, they conversed, they, they had relationship. Timothy and Paul, they talked. There's so many verses, Philippians 1.1, 1, 1, Colossians 1, 
verse 1. Thessalonians 1, uh, verse 1. 2 Thessalonians 1, verse 1. Because it, it, Paul is, is writing these letters and he's, he's saying who he is and he's saying who he's writing to and he's talking to Timothy. But I think when they're together, they would have talked a lot and they would have related a lot. In 1 Timothy 4, 6, Paul tells Timothy to teach others and, and it says in the New Living Bible, but in that teaching of others, he himself will be nourished. And so, there's, as I started out saying, ministry can deplete us, but what Paul was saying to Timothy, when you do ministry right, it will actually bring nourishment to your soul. It will nourish you. So we shouldn't be going, oh, well, I've got to be really careful how I give out and how I do that. But when we start doing things right, and in the right perspective, with the right balance, and filled with the right thing, then there comes a deeper level of nourishment that actually comes by giving spiritually into others. So Jesus and the disciples, they talked. Um, and it often mentions later the disciples came to Jesus and asked questions. That's one thing that I find really amazing. Jesus talks to the crowds about seeds. Yeah, and I love deep teaching. And I, I really love... How, how people say, oh, we want to get deep into all this, you know, really deep meanings. And Jesus is saying, Jesus, God himself in the flesh says, here's the deepest teaching. A lady lost some coin, uh, lost a coin. She searched all day until she found it. When she did, she had a party. Whoa. And then Jesus says to his disciples, you know, the kingdom of heaven is like a man planting seeds. And, and, and they're like, yeah, wow, awesome. And everyone in the crowd's like, oh, oh, great story. And then they, they've got to come to him later and say, Jesus, what, what do you mean? What was that about? And just like that, as, as Josh explained earlier, we need to be able to be accessible to people so that when they ask us a question about a spiritual concept, that we're there for them. And sometimes we need to ask others about things. And I know when, um, particularly when I was doing Bible college, I would, I would be looking at things and thinking, oh, Oh, I don't understand this. I want to find out from someone else who can help explain this. And I'm, I'm always finding myself talking to other leaders about, well, what do you do with this? What do you do with that? How do you, do, how do you guys um, deal with, with this or that? Sometimes they're, they're practical things. Have, have you guys got a, a system to, to count the people on Sunday? Do you guys have a system on, on how you do your offerings? Do you guys have a system on this or that? I'm always asking and looking and finding out things um, and when I, when I have the opportunity to be in a meeting and watching someone else preach or teach, I'm watching what they're doing. I'm watching the transitions between songs and how they did that because I, I want to I learn from what others do and, and see. Sometimes you go there and think, oh, that didn't work. But other, most of the time you think, wow, that's really good. We could do that. But we need peer-to-peer people in our life. Jonathan and David were, were close friends, a peer-to-peer relationship. Um, uh, again, Paul and Barnabas. There was a peer-to-peer relationship. And as we see in that relationship, Barnabas was the mature one who reached out to Paul and brought him into the fellowship. And then later, um, Paul was the one who became, I guess in a sense, uh, surpassed Barnabas in many ways in influence and leadership in the church. So we, we can see that there are people who we help up who will actually go further than we ever could. But... We've got to be the one who is ministering from a full tank. Maintain your spiritual health. Be aware of drain points. Find those who enlarge your world, enlarge your perspective and and build you up. And God puts people together to build 
His kingdom. So maintain your spiritual tank. It will keep you whole for the whole journey. And that's what you want to do. You, you, you know, we don't want to be a burnt out, broken down uh, pretender. We want to be the real deal. And we do that by having the real ministry within us and out of us. So that's all I wanted to share with you this morning. Um, and I just want to pray and then we're going to invite the, the music team, Pastor Josh and Kelly to come. And I'm uh, just going to pray that from today, I think what Josh spoke earlier and, and what I spoke actually um, reinforce each other. But Lord, we just pray this morning that we may be filled, that we may be full, that we, we learn the ways to uh, fill ourselves spiritually so that we can minister effectively all the time. So God, I pray that you just reveal to us those areas that deplete us. Maybe it's those people, those circumstances that bring a, 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 a depletion of our spirit or our emotions. I just pray that today we may...